All right, welcome back to another edition of the Daily Dots. This is Chase with you, flying solo today. Uh, let's start with the markets. Uh, another spicy day out there. So, uh, S&P closed down a little over one percent. Nasdaq one point seven six on Nasdaq one hundred. That or no, that's composite. Sorry. Uh, small caps IWM was actually up about twenty seven basis points, and notably to me, anyways, as a technical analyst. Um, the Russell had a kind of textbook head and shoulders breakdown, and we actually bounced off of at least my measured move for that um, for that whole move today. So that kind of, at least to me, explained why um, the Russell 2000 actually had a decent day. Um, I know a lot of people will view that as some some dark arts stuff, but to me, it it, it works. Uh, more than more than people would think, at least. Um, volatility was up about four and a half percent today. Bad day for commodities um, across the board, but oil was down a little over two percent. Um, Nat gas had a very good day. We had a, a storage beat there after the opposite happened last week. So now we've hit like I think like fifteen out of the last seventeen weeks. I want to say it is where uh, we've had a storage beat. So nice to see that pick back up for those of us uh, invested in the space. Uh, gold pretty flat. Uh, uranium miners were down about two and a half. That was unfortunate. Um, the dollar was up, despite the fact that bond yields were down and oil was down. That that was a little bit notable there. Um, also of note is the fact that if you kind of pay attention to what's going on in Asia, a lot of Asian currencies are not just weak, but getting weaker and faster. And and same goes for the equity markets. If you look at something like Vietnam. Uh, Malaysia, like you're starting to see some real currency pressures, and it's even feeding through into some of the equity markets. Same for uh, South Korea, so that kind of suggests some some things are starting to break. And it's interesting because they're they're starting to break in places where they don't really have inflation, um, they don't have you know interest rates flying higher. So this could just be no kidding a dollar story um, starting to kind of push itself onto some of the. Um, emerging economies in in asia so something to definitely keep an eye on um and i oftentimes like to to talk about nvidia and apple because apple's the big one and then nvidia is the most popular one uh, both down today and nvidia uh closed down over three percent and kind of like the i was talking about the head and shoulders um, pattern on the chart of the russell 2000 we also have one breaking down on nvidia so just something to keep an eye on now when those if you have a false breakdown on those, you tend to have big rips. So you, it is something you have to to kind of be careful with. Um, from the sector standpoint, it's kind of another ugly risk off day, even for the sectors. Um, Staples beat discretionary by about one percent. Healthcare beat tech by about one percent. So um, we're still seeing d- defensives really get after and beat defensives. Um, so market internals are suggesting like something's actually going wrong here we're go- we're going to we're heading lower and and some economic pain might even be creeping up it's only been going on for you know the last couple of weeks really and if you look at normal measures of cyclicals versus defensives they don't look that bad yet my my custom one that I've built for myself has been really screaming since like may that things are worse than they appear um and we're finally starting to see the market try and like go catch down to that. So that'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on moving forward. Um, that was about it for the markets today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about data because we had a ton of it today and we'll have, we'll have a ton more tomorrow. 
Uh, the kind of the big headline grabber was GDP came in at 4.9% um, for the third quarter, which is obviously really high. Fantastic. People thought it was going to come in at four and a half came in at four, nine. I actually thought it could hit, could hit five, but, but I will say there, there are some one-offs in, in the quarter um, inventories, net exports, stuff like that were kind of big contributors. And then on the consumption side, I mean, it was a wonderful quarter for consumption. So the consumer was out spending a bunch of money in the quarter. Uh, but some of that, I think you can kind of, you know, attribute to things like the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer and Taylor Swift concerts. Um, I, I've seen estimates that no kidding, that stuff was worth about 1% of GDP, which is, which is incredible. You know, if you think you have an impact on whatever you do for a living, try try having a one percent of GDP impact at what you do for a living. Although now Taylor Swift's just watching football, so so maybe the fourth quarter GDP will struggle to keep up with that. Um, but also just stuff like you know prescription drugs and utilities and insurance were so consumption on those things was really big in the third quarter, and that's not a great sign. That's that's more of consumers getting squeezed by things that cost a lot. Um. As far as the rest of the data goes, durable goods was really, really strong, really hot, like full stop. Um, although that's, that's kind of noisy, volatile data, so I don't, I don't usually pay a whole lot of attention. Um, initial jobless claims, those beat by a tiny bit, but they're still very, very low. Um, but on the flip side, continuing jobless claims, we talked about this on the yesterday's show, continuing claims, those, those kind of ripped. Um, they were up 63,000 month over month, or excuse me, week over week, and there were 50,000 job, jobless claims higher than expected. So, pretty nasty move there. And then on top of that, um, core PCE. So, and in, in you know, the big inflation number, um, that was a little bit lower than expected, you know, a tenth of a percent lower than expected. So, markets kind of reacted to that today. You, you would have thought maybe, you know, the big beat on GDP would push up short-term bond yields and get, the, you know, that kind of pain trade going, but it did not. Um, it seemed like when the bond market got a hold of the little bit lighter inflation and then seeing those jobless claims spike, it kind of spooked it. So we ended up having uh, two-year yields actually down a decent amount um, on, on the day. Uh, and I didn't I didn't cover bond yields earlier, but yeah, the two-year was down about seven, eight basis points, 12 on the five, and then about 10 on the 10 and, and the 30. So pretty significant move lower in yield. And it was noteworthy to me that the you know, bond yields retreated that much and it didn't really support the market. You know, you still had equities sell off as much as they did. Um, as far as tomorrow, we'll have personal income, personal spending. We'll have the PCE um, deflator data. We'll have UMISH, um, all the consumer expectations and sentiment and inflation expectations. And we'll also have um, the Kansas City Fed services um, survey. We had the Kansas City manufacturing survey today. Uh, it was the same as last month, negative eight, but new orders fell um, and the number of employees fell. So that actually kind of surprised me. I, I've been expecting manufacturing to get a decent little rebound going here, which we're seeing on like ISM um, survey and the S&P, kind of the big surveys, but the small regional ones are actually kind of still, you know, they're not really picking up as much as I would have thought they would have by now. And it's another thing that kind of shows you that GDP was, I'm not going to say overstated, but um, kind of full of one-offs. like. You have all of these manufacturing surveys that are still pretty weak, um, but yet you have you know five percent GDP growth that that doesn't really make sense. Same with um, you know card spending data, things like this that suggest maybe retail sales was overstated last month. So just some 
odd things in data that aren't that aren't you know particularly consistent. Beige book from the Fed, same thing, came through pretty weak. Made it seem like the economy is slowing, and then you have five percent growth. So something we'll keep an eye on because something's right, something's wrong. It seems like um, something I wanted to also talk about. I pulled some um, some quotes from. Uh, the transcript that they have a sub stack where they where they take quotes out from a lot of earnings reports and kind of talk about them not just earnings reports but that's kind of their bread and butter and some of these i i, I found interesting um and i'll start with equifax because if you want to see uh, kind of a, some nasty uh price charts here in the last couple of months go check out like equifax and transunion um equifax is down 20 percent in the last couple of months transunion is down 45 percent and 32 percent just this week so in their earning call earnings calls, they're like they're making it sound like the consumer is actually kind of running into a wall of late. Um, they're not the only ones that are saying that, but none of that's fed through to the macro aggregate data yet. But just hearing some of this stuff um, pop up and seeing these, you know, their stocks get hit. Same thing with like you look at like Hertz. The Hertz stock is down forty eight percent in the last two months. Caesars is down thirty percent in the last two months, and. I was talking about the weakness in like Asian currencies and Asian economies. Same same thing. It all it all uh, industrial metals. It all kind of goes back to like beginning of September. Things just started to seemingly break down, and um, just something to kind of keep in mind. Something I want to I want to kind of notate and, and and earmark as as we're going along here because it it's something that and it's at least a dot to collect. Maybe we're not connecting it to something yet, but definitely one I'm I'm collecting. All right, so I'll read this quote from the Equifax CEO. Um, said credit card u- utilization is increasing credit card delinquency rates for prime consumers, which represent about 20% of the market, are stable but above pre-pandemic levels. So I, we talked about this with autos, um, auto loans. So even prime, you know, the good credit is above pre-pandemic on delinquencies. So same thing um, for credit cards. Uh, subprime borrower delinquencies, which have been increasing over the past year, are now above pre-pandemic levels and approaching the levels we saw in 2009 and 2010. We've talked about that before, but something to note, um, auto delinquency rates for prime, same thing, above pre-pandemic and then subprime or brutal back to like kind of post-GFC levels. Um, so that was Equifax. I will move on to the, the Goldman Sachs CEO, um, also um, their DJ, David Solomon. Um, in their earnings report, he said, I'm still of the belief that there's been a lag with this tightening and across the broad swath of the economy, we will see more sluggishness. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a recession. Certainly, there's a good debate on where this all lands. But, but we, again, in this past quarter, materially tightened economic conditions. And I just think there's a lag in most sectors of the economy. Not all, but most sectors of the economy. And I do think over the next two to four quarters, the impact of that tightening will be more evident and will create slowdowns in some areas. Now, here's kind of the money quote to me. I'm hearing as I interact with CEOs, particularly around consumer businesses, some softness, particularly in the last eight weeks in certain consumer behaviors. So again, going back to that kind of the last two month time frame, starting kind of the beginning of September, um, you know, I, I just read off those four stocks that have just been crushed since then. I mean, the broad market it has done poorly, um, in, in the last two months, I mean, even on it, like I've talked about, but even on a three month look back, I mean, the NASDAQ's down 11%, um, small caps are down 17% almost. So this kind of last two month window that David Solomon's talking about, 
um, where, you know, he's hearing these CEOs and consumer businesses saying like, hey, they're hitting some softness here. I, I think that that's important. Again, not flowing through to any of the macro aggregate data yet. So everyone's, and, you know, we get a 5% GDP print. Everyone's assuming the economy's red hot right now. There's at least some stuff under the surface that's not, or at least the bottom quartile of consumers aren't, something like that. So again, some of these weird cross currents we're getting. Um, I'll move on to the Bank of America CEO, uh, not yeah, CEO Brian, uh, Brian Moynihan. He said their 2022 growth rate was like 9, 10% in the first quarter of 2023. Um, over last year's first quarter, was about. Um, what nine percent and moved down to four, so a little over four and a half percent. So he said that held true in September and October. That growth rate, to put it in context, is consistent with where we were in 2016, 17, 18, 19. Low growth, low inflation economy. Consumer activity has slowed down. This is real time data. So he's saying, you know, we were ripping at nine, ten percent all of last year, uh, the first quarter of this year. Like now, all of a sudden, we're back down to like where we were pre pandemic, just totally normal. Uh, growth rates. So, and and I take that very seriously because Bank of America, um, along the way, when I thought like, man, things should really be slowing, and I was too early to kind of this party, you know, I'd read I'd read the transcript from Bank of America, like, hey, the consumers are doing great, and that would make me kind of realize like, well, maybe I'm wrong. So, <laughs> granted, I didn't go far enough with that. Maybe I'm wrong part, but um, but so I find it notable that Bank of America is like, hey, things are things are slowing down, and this is real time. Um, back to Equifax CEO. He was talking about you know the challenges in subprime, um, how most of the big banks don't do that, um, so it's other people extending that credit. Said um, I would expect subprime to stay high as we go through 2024 because those consumers are really more challenged not not around being unemployed, but around inflation still putting pressure on them. So again, like we have you know crisis level de- de- delinquency rates for subprime, and not around them being unemployed. I keep saying this, but we're at full employment. And we have delinquencies ripping. I, I just feel like when you do get some unemployment, the, the kind of gap you can fall through, the the trap door you can fall through on consumer activity and growth. It, it it just feels to me like it could be significant. I'm not like again, we're not sitting here trying to call for some like giant giant financial crisis or depression or anything, but I do think a slowdown in in, in how hot the economy is could be a little quicker than people expect. Um, the, the, the velocity to the downside that is. So that's it for those. I just wanted to kind of go, go through some interesting quotes from these recent earnings calls and talk a little about, you know, Equifax, Caesars, Hertz, TransUnion. Obviously there are companies that are doing great. Um, there've been, uh, I think earnings more broadly better than expected. If you just kind of look at those top line numbers. So again, aggregate stuff is saying everything's great, whether that's data earnings, and then you kind of look under the hood and there's at least some stuff saying, no, not at all. Um, I think you could argue over which is more important. I think, you know, the Fed and the markets usually are going to care more about those those bigger aggregates, just the totals. Like, who cares if some some people at the bottom are having problems? Like, on on a large scale, everything's fine. But at the same time, I think some of these other um, weak points will be things that lead. They they will they will be the things that go fall first and kind of kind of like a canary in the coal mine. They send a signal like, hey, there could be some trouble coming. Um, so it's just something that some something to keep an eye on. I think the fact that rates are starting to flow through a little bit more matters. I think the the monetary policy conveyor belt has been very slow and and very broken, really. 
Um, and it may be starting to speed up just a little bit where people are having to refine these rates a little more. You have more maturities, um, especially, you know, in 2024 than, than you've had, you know, um, this year. So more and more people are going to have to feel these rates. I think the time spent at these rates is much more important than the actual rate itself. Um, but that is all I have for, for today. Um, you guys can download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Cheers. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.